Welcome to Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. One day, a Geordie and a Canadian walk into a bar and decide to start a podcast about relationships and what a topic that is. No subjects are off limits. Get in touch today with us at geordielass.com or email info at geordielass.com and let us know what you think and what we should talk about. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Welcome, everyone. <laughs> Hello. I, I think there's a passing ambulance that has decided to grace us with their presence right at the top of our, uh, yeah, we're you on do fire like the today. sirens around you, I have to say. Well, I think this will be a fiery episode, so you might as well get the fire trucks ready. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gracious. Uh, All right. Back in the okay. saddle. Um, we are indeed. And you're at the new relationship desk of love. Did I am at the new relationship desk of love. It's all working out well. It's all working out well. Although well. I do have more space now to create more mess, which I'm not mm. sure is a good thing. <laughs> it's funny, hey? Every yeah. inch of space in our lives will be taken up, whether we have 10 square feet or 5,000 square feet. Yeah. That is how it works. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's Human like beings. time you need to fill it. Yes. Yes, absolutely. All right. Well, let's dive in. Okay. Well, wait, no. How are you doing? I haven't seen you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I just feel like I haven't seen you, but I have. I don't know. Life is going in a weird... It feels like it's been a long time, but it's actually yeah. not. I know that's Maybe it's just been a really, really long week. <laughs> I think it's just been like time bending. There's been lots of things yeah. going on. I'll tell you that. I think it's a time of personal transition for a lot of people. A lot of people are going through a lot of changes and uh time tends to contract and expand mm. when there's stuff going on. So yeah. 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 Are things going are you stepping into spring in a smooth fashion with a bounce in your step? Things are good actually. I'm um I do need to swap my wardrobe over. So mm. I'm in a bit of kind of wardrobe chaos right now. Mm-hmm. So that needs to be uh, rectified pretty quick. Yeah. Because the sun is out in full force. Oh. So it's lovely. Oh, so lovely. yeah. Yeah. No, I've had a good week, actually. I managed three yoga sessions this week, which I was delighted at. What? I know. Talk about personal Check accountability. Me. Hello. Exactly. Oh my yeah. gosh. And I did two walks yesterday. Oh. Not long walks, but two walks. So. Yeah. So yeah, I'm trying to be a bit more active. I'm trying to get rid of the uh, post-holiday weight. <laughs> oh, not too late. It's okay. Uh, you mean the winter holiday? Like, as in? my As in my holiday that I just went on. Oh, yeah, Cape Verde. Oh, my gracious. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. As so, you should have. Yes. See, so that's yeah, good. I thought you were talking about Christmas. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Although probably, probably I'm still carrying a bit of Christmas weight. <laughs> Aren't we all? Mm-hmm. Just never shifted it. Mm-hmm. You've got it. Oh, that sounds great. Mm, yeah. So yeah. How's your week been? Well, I beat the crap out of myself on my paddleboard yesterday. And um, the winds were in such a fashion um, that I was actually able to to paddle a part of Lake Ontario that I don't usually get to just because it can be quite gnarly. Uh, but it was quite calm and it takes me into these bluffs, uh, the mm. Scarborough Bluffs for anybody who knows what I'm talking about. Um, and the the water is not clear, but it is aquamarine it's really gorgeous beautiful yeah so i really had a wonderful paddle the way there i didn't feel all that great you know when you start out you're like man i don't feel that great but man on the way back and for the majority of the paddle on the way back it just felt you know more and more you get into something and Mm. and then the the environment conspires like everything got a lot calmer the water became more peaceful um and then everybody was out on the beach because it's victoria day long weekend here and everyone Mm. was not swimming to be perfectly clear but having beach barbecues and so i was sort of paddling around this real family affair everybody was out on the lake shore so it was just 
gorgeous. Paddled my nice. ass off. Just a bit sore this morning. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's the, uh, that's the rough, isn't it? <laughs> that's the trade-off. It's kind of like, yeah. man, I can't even get out of bed. Actually, that's, that's not true. I w- certainly was able to get out of bed, but just the arms are a little, a little sore. Well, I'm that's definitely good. feeling yoga in my stomach, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think there's some muscles that have got a little workout that I haven't seen the light of day for a while. <laughs> oh, your core. <laughs> You've got it. Uh, well, uh, let's hop on to that relationship desk of love. What's going on over there? Indeed. Mm-hmm. So, what have I got for you today? <laughs> have you heard about delicate dumping? Uh, no. <laughs> But have I been a recipient of delicate dumping? Probably. Uh, <laughs> have I dished it out? Probably. <laughs> All so, right, tell me. Delicate dumping is a new relationship trend that is cruel, as ex- as experts advise, and you should never settle oh. for scraps. So that's the headline. Oh, oh, it sounds like a good thing, delicate dumping. All right, all right. No, no, it's oh, not. Oh, it's not. No. Ooh, interesting. So delicate dumping is um, involves taking a step back from your relationship without having a breakup conversation. So it's about employing tactics such as ghosting, replying to a partner more slowly, or even ignoring the other person completely. So it says, um, and th- the therapist that's written about this said that um, whilst delicate Whilst delicate dumping, it's quite tricky one to say that, is perhaps simpler, it's also very unkind. So basically, you don't you don't say that the relationship's over. You just um, kind of, I guess, slowly kind of step away from the relationship, engage in it less, and just hope that the other person takes the hint that the relationship is over. That's. I mean, come on. That's a really. That's a misnomer. This should be. This should be called cruel dumping, right? Yeah, exactly. Oh my god. Exactly. I've been the recipient so, yeah. of this, and I do have to admit, I probably have done this too in my in my former days, for sure. Oh, Anna, naughty girl. I know. I hey, listen. I'm the first person to admit when I've done wrong. I am a Catholic after all. We love getting punished <laughs> for our misdeeds. <laughs> Lapsed Catholic, but anyways, that's just for the record. Yes. So no, this is absolutely terrible. And Mm. it seems like a good idea. I don't know how we get it into our heads that people will just get the point and what gracefully be like, well, I guess this is over. Maybe we don't have to have a conversation. That is terrible. When has that ever worked? Never. I know. Well, I think you just need to grow up here and get on with it. Oh, Sarah, you got it. Grow up here. Yeah. You just got to face up to it, haven't you? If it's over, it's over. You know, nobody likes breaking bad news, but at the end of the day, I do think the therapist's right. It is crueler to kind of have somebody just hanging on and thinking that actually maybe we're just going through a rough patch as opposed to the relationship being over. So it is mean. You should be straight up, be honest with people. Absolutely. And here's the thing, you know, we presume that somebody is going to like take it so badly that we just don't want to have the conversation. But you know what? People are really great with straight up information. Sure. You might see anger, you might see tears, but at the end of the day, if, if you give somebody the gift of information, they can be an adult and they can kind of move on and get over you. Just, you know, give them the key to unlock the prison of this, you know, whatever, you know, maybe you're scared that they're actually going to get over you surprisingly quickly. But, (laughs) you know, we really do a disservice to not give people the benefit of the doubt that what you think they're going to like, what, like 
come over and like murder your family like oh my god i can't believe that you know you dumped me no okay or egg your house all right yeah i know i know uh it's a monday i don't know i'm feeling (laughs) what have you been watching other weekend (laughs) (laughs) totally actually as an aside the clickbait that happens i live in this condo building where to much devastation they've installed these silly little tvs in the elevators that just run clickbait news and Toronto is like a really interesting city. It just has a lot of very strange crime, a lot, a lot of crime and a lot of strange crime. So you're just seeing random murders all the time, just flashing at me as I'm coming up and down the elevator to, to walk my dog. And, and I know that I'm being sort of a sucked in by this, but yeah, mm. I probably was in the elevator seeing some random murder crime hanging. Yeah. <laughs> happening. So yes, that's where I you first need, go need to. need to take the stairs, love. <laughs> oh my God. I love it. Oh, Sarah, well played. Right. So no cruel dumping. Be straight yeah. up, let somebody yeah. reckon with the truth, assume they're yeah. going to be an adult, and yeah, there's going to be emotions, and they're going to say some stupid shit to you, sure. Yeah. And then they're going to move on, and then it's going to be fine, and you're going to be an adult. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Just be a grown-up. A lot of what we talk about is adulting. Yes. Yeah. In terms of our C words, our favorite C words. <laughs> right. Okay, Sarah, thank you All for right. that. Reminder you to be an adult. You are more than welcome. Mm-hmm. Are you ready for a hot topic, madame? Yes, I am. Okay. Today's hot topic. Is a stable relationship boring? Oh my gosh, I am having the conversation of a lifetime right now on this very topic. And Really? Tell me more. Like, oh my gracious. So, the the it's a bit saucy but anyways so there's this conversation i'm having with somebody very important to me who is um that is talking about the the, the science behind this because there is people study this people study um the constant work that goes into cultivating a relationship getting Mm. past the infatuation stage working on something growing into true love and overcoming all the disillusionment and the Mm sort of those huge painful transitions along the way, these are all people studied them. There's, there's ways to sort of keep leaning into this work. Is it boring? Well, that's another question. I believe not. I find it very exciting, but is it as, um, emotionally tumultuous as anxiously attached infatuation love? No, (laughs) So it's kind of like if you want to do cocaine every day of your life, then you will find uh, a long-term relationship boring. <laughs> All right. I've been watching too much clickbait news on drugs in Toronto. Okay. It's like, what are you I doing? Know, What's it's like happening exposure to, you? to violence over the weekend. So anyways, <sighs> that's my thought, but it's all over the place. What about you? What's your take on this? Is a stable relationship boring? Well, I can understand why people could possibly kind of uh, make that link and come to that conclusion I think um, you know like maybe is it when you were younger you kind of thought oh that's you know it just looks really dull or people like kind of fresh new exciting we like things to be kind of you know the spiciness that happens Mm. in the beginning you know those that chemical rush that kind of the bit where you are kind of just so excited to see each other, you think about each other nonstop, you're texting nonstop, like, mm. you know, that part of that kind of fresh new beginning part of a relationship, then, 
you know, that is great. We do feel kind of great when that's happening. Hmm. And so you can understand why you might then think, well, look, you know, if it's just, it's the same old, same old kind of every day, then is that not a bit boring? Is that not a bit dull? Hmm. So I can understand why people would say that. However. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But. I, I genuinely think that if you have got stability in your relationship, you feel, you know, I'd say 100% kind of comfortable, stable. You've got that trust element. You just believe in in your partner. And, you know, none of us have got a crystal ball. None of us have have got any sort of guarantees. You know, you don't enter into a relationship and you say, you know, kind of, you know, know, no refund policy. You know, it is kind of, we're all just doing the best that we can to to connect and stay together. But there isn't any guarantees on any any Mm. side of it. But... You know, if you're reasonably kind of self-assured in your in, with your relationship and you do believe in your partner, you believe that you've got what it takes to stay together, then I don't think that is boring. Absolutely. I think the the kind of boring side of it, I think, really crops up when you actually stop taking any notice of each other or you mm. stop doing some of the things that you did do in the early days to connect with each other. You, um, you know, you're no longer kind of interested in what your partner's up to, what they're interested in. You kind of almost, you know, shut off, switch off. You're not mm-hmm. kind of giving the relationship that time or your partner that time that it needs. Yes, I think that's when it can kind of you know, you get into that kind of boredom factor where it's like, is this it? You know, when it, when you become very transactional mm-hmm. and you're not actually connecting together as two people mm. and you have, you, you find that you've got better relationships outside of the relationship that you're in, then oh. I think it can kind of be seen as something that's boring because you've got so much enjoyment outside of the relationship oh. and you're not getting that same kind of buzz or that same fuzzy nice feeling inside mm. of your relationship mm. oh yes actually this is this has brought me many you know um i think our parents used to or some people's parents used to say this is an old adage like there's nobody who's boring it's you who's boring if you or there's no if you are bored you are boring it yeah it's kind of like a um if you find yourself being bored in your relationship, it is because you are not doing the, you're, you're showing up as a boring person. You're not being curious. You're Mm. not looking for new things to discover. Uh, you've stopped learning and growing. So that's absolutely true. But interestingly to the point that you have more interesting things outside of your relationship than within, I mean, part of what is required is to stand on our own two feet as an individual, keep working on that then circle of, uh, of, the individual mm. I, in addition to working on the us. Um, but I agree with there's sort of a right sizing of that, because if we yeah. end up doing too much outside of the circle of the us, oh, how do you, I don't know if we, we might've talked about that a little bit, but like, how do you, you're talking about like purposefully or like starting to exclude your, your partner, right? Maybe yeah. socially. So, so I guess a bit like we're just talking about there about the, um, the, what was it called? Dumping. Why, why have I got oh, such delicate cool dumping. Delicate Cruel dumping. dumping. Right? Why is my Bullshit brain like dumping. So, <laughs> so small nowadays? <laughs> because we're old. A single thing. Yeah, we are, yeah. Um, so a bit like that, you know, in that situation, you're kind of almost, you're switching off from the relationship, aren't you? And you're kind mm. of gradually moving away. If you do the same when you're in a relationship, but you stay in it, there isn't anywhere to kind of go. So, you know, if you're living together, you've got kind of a long-term relationship. 
but you actually start to exhibit some of those same behaviors, mm. then that's when the relationship, you know, well, it's in jeopardy for, for a start, but, you know, you're not kind of getting that same fulfillment that mm. you would get if you really kind of tune into your partner. Mm. And, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't have relationships outside of your relationship because you should, mm -hmm. you should have outside interests, but you're right. There needs to be a balance as to kind of how much time commitment, you know, mm. how much energy, how much focus you're putting into those. I'm a firm believer that you've got to have that connection inside of your relationship for it to work. Yes. You've, you know, you've got, however, however you get your connection, because we're all different in terms of, you know, what we want to see and feel and, and do and how we want our partners to behave and how we want to behave with them. That's all kind of unique. And, and it's based on that combination of, of who you, who you both are. But I know for me, if kind of, we've had a couple of weeks where we haven't really connected, haven't done things purposefully together, I don't, you know, I start to feel that disconnection quite you know quite mm -hmm. heavily and therefore I know that and that's kind of like a saying actually mm. I need to be kind of putting some more time and effort into this oh my gosh this is part of this conversation I'm having this dialogue about like I'm starting to kind of see that the whole like we should plan date nights I'm starting to kind of rethink and I think we have on our podcast it's not mm. just like a mechanical date night I, I have literally yeah. seen a couple where they planned a date night and they drove there and they went to a restaurant and then they came back, but there was actually no intimacy shared. Mm. They performatively went through the steps of booking a date night and hiring the babysitter, mm. but they didn't actually connect intimately. I was just thinking, um, it, I also was in a relationship where we would scroll for at least half an hour individually on our phones in the bedroom. That mm. is missed time to connect, whether sexually, yeah. whether just you know, and not just about like, did you pay the bill? Oh, you know, so-and-so's camp is coming up. No, I'm talking about the bigger things. The other thing that came up to me is like, um, if we're on a car ride and a car trip and we're in a couple, right. And the kids are asleep in the back, right. That's, mm. that's a time where we might not choose to have music or a podcast. Well, no, having a podcast and both of you listening and maybe mm. discussing it afterwards, but that's a time that's like a precious moment. You can, you can steal together to talk about the deeper things connect yeah. deeply. And again, you're going to want to talk about the transactional stuff. There's camp. What mm -hmm. are we doing next Sunday? What are we, whatever your mother, et cetera. But like, it's so important to book no transactional time, like the management of the house. We need like a yeah. stand up meeting every week to talk about like that. And then we need non-transactional uh, time. Mm -hmm. And that relieves that, that gets the mix going that stirs up the punch bowl. Yeah. That reminds you that your partner, you will never know them. You'll never know the depths of them. They'll never know yeah. you. That's the fascinating thing. There's yeah. always something to be surprised about. Yeah, absolutely. And we change over time. So mm. just because you knew something in the beginning, actually, my views on that might have changed. You know, when did you last, when did we last discuss that topic? And kind of, I was able to share, you know, what my current thinking is and why it's changed. And you know what's funny? Have you ever been with a dysfunctional couple? I think we all have in a party and one person says, oh, this, that, and the other. And their spouse is like, you don't believe no, that. Yeah. When did you start <laughs> no, whatever? No, don't. Yeah. And, and you realize in this very moment, this couple has drifted apart. They've stopped yeah. checking in and learning about each yeah. other. Yeah. Don't be that couple, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I laugh, but like... You know, I am a. We've all been that couple. Uh, at some and stage. I, it, it, it is around every corner. The 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 
we can always slip into mediocrity. It's always mm. the, the risk that, um, you know, we, we have to do constant work to prevent the downslide into mediocrity. And I'm as mm. much a student in this game as everybody listening. Yeah, aren't we all? Any concluding thoughts on the stable, boring nexus? I think what I'd say is um, if you do have it in your kind of mind and your kind of thought process that actually a kind of stable relationship is boring, Mm. I think it's about reframing that. So Ah. it's kind of turning on its head a bit, isn't it? So and digging a bit deeper as to why you think it's boring, because Ah. I'd suggest that there's something underneath that, which is around, um, you know, there's some kind of underlying belief that is kind of creating this perception in your mind Uh, that if I stick in a relationship for too long it's going to get dull it's going to get boring uh, so I think it's about kind of um switching that up a bit and saying okay well if it wasn't if I believed it wasn't boring like what would the relationship have to be like in order to for me to feel like it wasn't boring because maybe it's just there's a few parts missing and you need to introduce those Ah, isn't that, uh, that's a really cool coaching perspective shift because we so Mm. often feel at the mercy of like, oh, this is boring. It is, (laughs) and it's beyond our control (laughs) or in this most recent sort of time is like, if it's boring, then I guess I just have to leave it and get a new relationship. Yeah. (laughs) What would it be like if it weren't boring? What would that look like? That's pretty amazing. Mm. That's my parting words. (laughs) I like it. I like it. All right. Shall we um shall we try a question now? Let's do it. Okay. Okay, today's question. I've been suffering with panic attacks for days after drinking. I can go for months without a drink, but when I go for it, I go for it. My partner is a big drinker and is always asking me to drink. Sometimes I give in, but I don't like the feeling I get for days afterwards. I've tried giving up permanently, but I can't seem to do it. This is really, and I see this all the time as a physician, right? I Mm. see, uh, and as a coach as well, but I see that one of the things that can stand in the way of healthy lifestyle changes is somebody's partner. Yeah. It can be friends as well. It's very hard for folks who've had a heavy drinking lifestyle, Mm. especially in their 20s when it's really cool to do so. And But then, um, actually, one of the things that can get some of my folks on the straight and narrow is that their friends all kind of grow up and have families and there's nobody Mm. to go to the bar with anymore. (laughs) That can be the reason why my 40-year-old male patient comes in (laughs) and is like, "Mm, I guess I should worry about my cholesterol and start (laughs) stop doing the benders. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Oh, interesting. So like, okay, this is a big thing. I can feel the pain in here from many, many, Mm. many directions. What are you feeling on this? I think um, for me, what's really interesting is is there's a couple of different parts within the actual kind of question itself, isn't there? So Mm -hmm. there's the unhappiness of the feeling that comes from kind of, um, you know, really kind of drinking too much. So that I think it's something to really focus on because mm. there's also this draw, this pull from the kind of partner and um, and whether that's real or, or perceived. So it could be actually I'm perceiving that my partner would be really upset if I gave up drinking. But 
Hmm. you know the person does mention that they don't kind of drink all the time it's kind of like one off it's um you know it's more kind of irregular as opposed to kind of regular by the sounds of the question anyway Mm -hmm. so there's clearly some time where where it is working where um where the person is able to kind of you know have the measures in place that they want to have in place Mm -hmm. but there's a fear of the judgment if that becomes kind of actually that's the norm that's kind of how I am Mm. um so I think there's a fear of of judgment there and I wonder whether the person has actually truly explored that with their partner or not or if they're just making an assumption that my partner would be upset so and I think for me I would focus on this kind of this days of unhappiness because you can hear that's as you're saying there's kind of pain in that question there it's very kind of heavy feels like it's weighed down and it's about understanding is the is the discomfort that you're feeling and you know panic attacks that kind of the whether it's guilt that's going alongside it or or other kind of emotions is that unhappiness that kind of pain of feeling like that is that worth the you know whatever it is that you gain from having those kind of you know deeper drinking sessions yeah well and and i should say too like just from a physician side of things like Mm. the fortunate or unfortunate reality it's fortunate is that our body does not process alcohol in the same way in our in our 30s 40s and beyond as it did in our 20s and so Mm. the reality of that deep dysphoria that can happen overnight the next morning and for days it's it's actually the 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 sort of the now reality of how your body processes alcohol mm. because alcohol is a depressant we don't yeah. think so in our 20s because we think we're more fun and so forth but it's yeah. a depressant yeah, it yeah. screws with our sleep um, one of the big things you'll notice is you'll kind of pass out after you drink some wine but then you're up at two in the morning and you can't get back to sleep so it, it yeah. that early morning waking completely rogers our sleep the reality is our our body for many many people cannot and or certain alcohols don't agree with us right mm. wine yeah. and beer are absolutely ter- there's a they're terrible for our sleep for our moods so really i mean the other thing too is you may not even need to sort of look that far as to the dysphoria it, it it's just that that's what alcohol does to your body and to your brain mm. um so and that's the new normal uh, there's yeah. a period of um denial where somebody's like well maybe i can drink this time and be fine it's like you can throw yeah. that rodeo into play for as long as you need to learn that mm. your body is going to feel like it sucks yeah. every time you have to you drink it is yeah. what it is sorry but you know you mm. but so then beyond that it becomes a question of identity uh, mm. we are terrified to change or for us to be seen as different and there's something about this person who has there's identity markers around the drinking. Maybe they're like, I'm mm. fun. I am uh, joyful. I'm a party goer. I, yeah. Maybe there's things attached to the drinking that they're worried that if they stop drinking, that their partner will be like, but I thought you were this, that, and the other person. Mm. But it's interesting though, because this isn't kind of like every time the partner drinks, the mm-hmm. other person drinks. So there is mm-hmm. there's something that allows that space to happen. And for it not to be that way, but there's obviously something that's kind of triggering the, um, that desire to go back to it, I guess. So, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but I think, you know, in terms of like identity and we do kind of, you know, place a lot of emphasis on kind of, this is who I am. And, um, and, you know, and then that does drive the behavior. Um, I think it's a case of, for me, where I go with it is, on the identity front is more about actually who do you want to be like mm. um you know who 
if if we looked at kind of future self in 12 months time and you were making the decisions that you wanted to that were going to make you happier um, and feel really comfortable with your life what would mm. that look like what mm. sort of decisions would you be making how would you change things and then we can get back to kind of um, some tools and some techniques and some um, some ways to actually then start to achieve that. Mm, I like that. Oh, I like that. And not only what, how would you like things to be in 12 months, but what would it feel like? Yeah. Um, and, and what are the feelings you're striving to feel? Maybe it is, yeah. I want my mood to be more consistent day to day. I don't want, I don't like the hot, big highs and the big lows. Yeah. I want to be able to sleep well. I want to be able to feel like I have control over my life. I want mm. to feel healthy. I want to be able to continue my workout program without not having like days where I'm like sitting and eating like chips because that's all yeah. like, you know, so forth. So yeah. Mm. And what would yeah. that feel like? Mm. And it is really important to focus on those kind of more positive aspects of describing kind of what you want, as opposed to focusing on something where we feel like there's a negative or we're giving up something or we're losing something. Yeah. So when we describe the things that we want to gain, it's, it has a much um, bigger impact than if we start to kind of describe the things that we're going to lose or, or you know, feel that we're going to miss out on. Ah, but to, to disagree with that somehow is, um, whenever we're looking at change management or like behavior change around something like smoking or drinking that the, it is important to spend some time reckoning with the losses of a positive change, because if we don't mm. at least look in that corner, like a smoker, who's trying to, you know, if I keep drilling into them about how bad smoking is, and I give them the health benefits, if they were to not stop, what I'm ignoring is the benefits of them not stopping. It could be social mm. benefits. It could be, I'm anxious and I need an excuse. Smoking is the only socially sanctioned thing that allows you to say, I need to go outside mm. and be alone because there's nobody else who smokes or a few people who smoke. What other thing can we use? Yeah, but that's more about putting in strategies, isn't it? To be able to replace some of those, those kind of perceived benefits of what you're doing so you start to look at what can I right. do to counter that ah but it's 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 also readiness for change same mm. as this person yeah, it yeah. is if we don't reckon with the with the benefits that this behave that this lifestyle uh that you want to change if we don't look at the yeah. benefits that's giving you we're not going to be fully we're going to be blowing smoke up our, our asses to your readiness for change yeah and so correct um with this person, I'd want to know what benefits do, that does their occasional heavy drinking give to them. Mm. Yeah. And then not only like, and are you prepared to start to rethink those, give them up or replace them? And then, and then if that's yeah. the yes, cause the pain of change is not as bad now of the pain of the status quo. And then we can talk about replacements to that or cha mm. challenging the assumptions. And that's a big thing. Then, yeah. then we arrive at the challenging of the assumptions because this person's drinking is related somehow to the way they see themselves with their partner. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. How would you start such a discussion? I think just with some kind of, you know, it starts with the, with the position, just like the person's really kind of said in the, in the question is, look, you know, I'm, I'm, I've really noticed that the last few times that we've kind of had a bit of a heavy session, this is what happens to me for kind of multiple days afterwards. I really don't like that feeling. Um, it's making me feel quite worried. It's making me feel anxious. Um, I've no, you, you know, I've noticed that this is a big change and it's a big impact. Mm -hmm. Um, and I really don't want to feel like that anymore. 
And then you start to, then comes the kind of ask if you, you know, maybe you're asking for some support with that. Maybe you're asking kind of what their views are and then just, you know, start to kind of engage your, your partner in a, in a discussion around it. Mm. And, I, you know, often we're surprised by the responses that come back, you know, could be like, I had absolutely no idea that this is, this was oh. how you're feeling. And, mm-hmm. you know, like nobody wants their partner to be, you know, in discomfort or distress or upset, you know. The majority of people, you know, wouldn't want to be somebody that's enabling that. Correct. Yeah. Oh, that feels very accessible. That conversation. Mm. Mm-hmm. Nice. But I think, you know, anything where we're making kind of a big change, a big transition, it is hard. And I think the the other thing I'd say is, you know, never, never give up giving up. So if you mm. tried something and it doesn't work, like, don't think, oh, that's it. I can't can't kind of do it you know like mm. person said in, in the end that they're not quite sure if have tried in the past and but never stop trying you know just because we didn't do it last time doesn't mean to say that we won't do it next time or the time after that oh that is the cornerstone of our coaching never stop trying yeah yes and I think you know nowadays there's so many people who are kind of like um you know on that kind of sobriety journey and um there's so much more that's out there in terms of you know non-alcoholic or alternatives to things and so I don't think that it means that you have to miss out on anything it's just you're you know you you're trying different drinks that haven't got any alcohol in them that that's all and totally you kind of feel better about that and you're doing it because it's linked to you wanting to get rid of some of the kind of you know, unpleasant feelings that you've been experiencing. Uh-huh. I think there's a lot of support out there nowadays. There's a lot of information. There's a lot of help. Um, so I think, you know, if that's your choice, absolutely go for mm-hmm. it. And, you know, don't let something else hold you back. Oh, totally true. We've got to be allowed to be who we want to be in relationships and not be governed by the fact, oh, I can't do what my partner wouldn't like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we're in that situation, we're not we're not allowed to be kind of more free spirited and to, you know, try some of the things that we want to try in an experiment. You've got it. it. You know, it doesn't mean to say that we then have to say, right, okay, I'm giving up alcohol now. You have to as well. It's not about trying to change the other person, but you know, we do have to be able to make some of these choices for ourselves. Yeah. Oh, that is a big key opening up the door of the prison of our sort of our, the small prison of our mind, if we were to just sit there mulling over our own, uh, you know, small interpretations and assumptions. Mm, yeah. It's always a good question to kind of ask yourself, if I wasn't in this relationship, what, de- what decision would I make? Ah, oh, yeah. Because that just challenges you a bit, doesn't it? Like, yeah. well, actually, if I was on my own, probably wouldn't give, you know, give it a second thought. I'd just give up and that would be that. <laughs> and immediately that, that insight is there of like, so why am I? Yeah. And, and then the ludicrousness of not having a conversation with your partner of leaving it to interpretation. Uh, yeah. Certainly then you're like, wait, why am I assuming that I can't just have this adult conversation with my partner about, yeah. and I love the words that you used, just I'm noticing this, that, and the other, and what yeah. do you think? And so forth. Yeah. Mm. Becomes less scary. Yeah. All right. All well, right. Hopefully that helps. Yeah. Helps me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, every day we're learning drinking. how to be an adult <laughs> oh my gosh yes i love it uh-huh. can't avoid it so might as well join it <laughs> exactly yeah all right 
Well, I wish you good luck in the transition to summer clothes, hot girl dresses. I think it's going to be another hot girl summer. It better be, I tell you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) I'm ready for sure. Totally. Yeah, Mm. you got it. Yeah. Right. So, till next time. Till next time. So that's it for another week of Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed chatting. Get in touch and share your questions for relationship remedies and any hot topics you want us to cover. If you need help navigating all things relationships, Anna and Sarah are available for one-on-one coaching support. Email info at geordielass.com. Please remember to like, share, subscribe if you've enjoyed listening. And if you've not, how on earth have you made it this far? I promise we'll try harder next time.